in a man, uh, every day there is a cyclical behavior in terms of their testosterone, but generally on a day-to-day -day level, a lot of these sort of underwriting uh, contributors to, to mood are pretty consistent. In females, um, females who are, we're talking about women who are um, still uh, going through the menstrual cycle, over that whole period, there is a completely different cycle. Welcome to the Mindfulness Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Keith Fifeson. We're an official media partner for the Wonderland Miami 2023 convention, the conference. Uh, and we're pleased to offer our listeners a 20% discount using the mindfulness code mindfulness20 when you register. Today's special guest is Dr. Grace Hopley, Blessed Hopley, a neuroscientist and chief scientific officer at NW Pharma Tech. Dr. Blessed Hopley is also a research director at Heroic Hearts Project and the founder of Histelica, a community-based focused on understanding women's biology for safe and effective psychedelic use. We'll be discussing Dr. Ble Dr. Blessed Hopley's exciting research on the therapeutic potentials of psychedelic substances, her work with the Heroic Hearts Project to support combat veterans with mental health challenges, and her efforts to promote a better understanding of women's biology in relationship to psychedelics. All right, all right, all right. Grace Hopley, how are you? Blessed Hopley, how are you? That's all right. You'll get it in a minute, Keith. <laughs> I will. I will. You know, I'm I should. Have, right, I should Keith. have had a. I should have had some cannabis before we started. I, I, th I think I'd be more in the flow. <laughs> I don't know. There's some reasonable evidence on um, recall that might suggest otherwise. But um, Keith, wonderful to be here with you. Very much uh -huh. looking forward to our conversation. Uh huh. Well, well, great. And I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, talking to you about what you're up to. I know that you've got uh, quite a bit of a background in research uh, with cannabinoids and with cannabis. We've talked about that before, but you also can't, became interested in uh, researching the therapeutic potential of psychedelics. Can you talk about your journey and you know what led you here and and maybe what you might be talking about? Uh, down in Wonderland too. How it all sort of came together, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. Lots to unpack. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, I guess my initial interest in uh, psychedelics came about when I was doing my undergraduate degree. Um, to be completely candid and honest with you. I noticed a few things in what we perhaps would describe the naturalistic environment mm -hmm. that I personally found very, very interesting. And at the time, they perhaps weren't something I could go and speak to my professors about. But during my undergraduate years and going to student parties and similar things, I noticed that in a number of my friends who were suffering from um, mental health problems, namely depression, that on a couple of occasions they had taken um, substances mm -hmm. such as, mm -hmm. as, as ketamine and, and, and um, mm -hmm. psychedelics 
And within moments, I noticed instant improvements in their condition, some of which lasted, some of which was a catalyst mm -hmm. for their um, eventual recovery from some of those conditions. And that stuck with me as a sort of young 21-ish year old mm -hmm. um, scientist, generally inquisitive about the world, but generally sort of thought, no, drugs are bad, mustn't ask mm. any more questions. Just say no, yeah. Hmm. Absolutely. So then cut forward to um, my master's degree and started to learn a little bit more about the brain and how it works and how we understand how many of these mental disorders come about. And it was at that time that um, a lot of the original um, work that was beginning to start to be published out of places like John Hopkins mm -hmm. and Imperial during my PhD, I then obviously started avidly reading more and more about this. Um, my PhD was all based around cannabis and cannabinoids um, and how they affect people and how they can be detrimental, but also used in, in therapeutic ways. Mm -hmm. um, and at that time, Imperial College completed their fMRI study mm. in um, imaging the brain on psilocybin. And at the time, I was also completing an fMRI study imaging the brain on um, cannabis. And so really, really started deep diving at, at, at that point on what the science was out there. On completion of my PhD, I then went to mm -hmm. become a, a, a postdoc researcher at King's College, um, but then sort of slightly looking to expand out of the, the cannabis world. Um, and towards psychedelics, which I just saw as uh, incredibly interesting and just with mm -hmm. such potential as a field and potential as a therapeutic, um, I then started to get involved with the research. That initially started when I reached out to the Heroic Hearts Project. Mm -hmm. The reason that that particular charity stood out to me was uh, at, the, at the time I had an awful lot of friends who were serving in the military. I myself had joined the military reserve and was going mm -hmm. through my training. Mm -hmm. um, and so it seemed like this incredible sort of Venn diagram mm -hmm. uh, uh, for, of where I needed to be in my life. Uh, it mm. was uh, a charity looking to do um, really amazing work with these mm -hmm. incredibly um, powerful substances, namely mm -hmm. psychedelics, mm -hmm. to treat military veterans for the um, psychological trauma that they they were now facing as a result of their service mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that was sort of end of 2020 mm -hmm. um i then threw myself uh into that and have worked with the charity now for um two and a half years with various different sort of projects mm -hmm. and and pieces of research mm -hmm. to sort of try and understand what we're able to achieve using these substances Mm -hmm. And then to bring you on to the story, which was how I came to then found Histelica at the start mm -hmm. of this year, was um, a, a, again through a number of sort of personal stories that I was coming mm -hmm. across from females who were kind of saying, well, I took this and then mm -hmm. this happened. Mm -hmm. And then as again, scientific sort of brain of mine overworking overthinking as always mm -hmm. saying well why did that happen that's pretty interesting right mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. went and started delving into the science trying to get under the hood 
and realizing there was nothing there, mm -hmm. realizing that we just really don't have an understanding of, of how these substances may mm -hmm. work in the female body and, and, and further than that, mm -hmm. how mental disorders really <laughs> work within uh, female bodies and, right. and other parts of female biology that aren't fully understood. Mm -hmm. um, and so completely and utterly shocked at that fact, began sort of running around all my academic friends saying, do you know that we mm. there's no studies on this? Uh, and over a year devised a plan that, well, if not me, then who? If not now, mm. then when? Mm -hmm. um, mm. And so at the start of, of 2023, I founded Hysterica. Um, and I'm you know very, very pleased to tell you, you're actually the first person I think I have been able to say. We, we, we've now um, mm -hmm. had a research proposal approved through King's mm. College London to wow. conduct um, a piece of um, research. Thank you very much. Um, that's going to be asking sort of females about their their, their psychedelic mm. um, use and, and how it might be affecting them in their biology. But maybe that's something I can go into more detail later on. Yeah, please. Anyway, I hope that's I hope that's sort of giving you a general story of no, why I'm here. That's wonderful, and and you're and you're going to be speaking at Wonderland as well, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. On so, the exact subject of uh, female uh, female biology and psychedelics. So when we talk about female biology, you know, it's the biology, the physiology, the neurology, and your research is going to be looking at all of those areas uh, and really what the impact is based on. Uh, the female body. So we talked a little bit about this before the show, but I. But can you just sort of give me the uh, highlights or the lowlights as it relates to um, the differences? Obviously, you know, women have their cycle. You know, the biology, the physiology is very different, and. You know, I, I do believe the neurology is also different because women seem to be much more emotionally literate. So I kind of attribute that to sort of an inter, even though the studies prove otherwise, uh, a bridge between the left and the right hemisphere, whereas men don't necessarily have that. You know, uh, women, maybe it's socialization. I don't know. But besides that, what 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 are, what are your views on that? Maybe you can give some insights. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a, there's a huge as aspect of um, s social and cultural norms that come into play when we think about the way that that women and men differ in terms of their behaviours. Um, but when we think about this on uh, a neurological level and and the way that I'm thinking about this in terms of let's think about this, um, let's frame this as an aspect of how would say a big dose of a psychedelic perhaps being administered in the clinical aspect let's say uh, five differ. five gram five five grams of yeah. uh, psilocybin yeah, yeah. micro uh, a super dose heroic dose you know something like that say we're going to take a man and a woman through a process uh with five grams of of of, of psilocybin or, or something like that for the treatment mm -hmm. of uh depression or, or something mm -hmm. now in a man, uh, every day there is a cyclical behavior in terms of their testosterone, but generally on a day-to-day -day level, the way that they're functioning, the way that their brain is functioning, the way that um, a lot of these sort of 
underwriting uh, contributors to to mood, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, mm-hmm. are pretty consistent. You know, there, there is some cycling throughout the day, but they're con- pretty consistent on a day-to-day aspect. In females, um, females who are we're talking about women who are um, still uh, going through the menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. Over that whole period, there is a completely different cycle. You know, mm. you've got the start mm-hmm. of the month when you've got estrogen ramping up, the middle of the month when you have um, release mm-hmm. of uh, ovulation and you have high levels of testosterone, mm-hmm. and the end of the month when you, you have increasing levels of progesterone. Mm-hmm. Well, let's look at what all those three hormones do mm-hmm. in the brain. They all act as some sort of neurosteroid to alter the way that different receptors bind um, and different different systems within the brain work. So Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. for instance, there's very good evidence to show that when progesterone is very high in Mm -hmm. females, so take that that time just before your period, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, and the high levels of progesterone then alter the way that GABA receptors work. You know, GABA is 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 the thing that gets released when you know we we have a drink of alcohol or whatever. It's you know it's an inhibitory, relaxing, uh, anxiety reducing uh, system. Mm-hmm. But the way that progesterone alters this uh, binding in that particular system means that things like intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. are much higher at periods when progesterone is very high mm-hmm. because of the effect that it has. Mm-hmm. on these systems let's now take that back to what we were talking about at the start right. you've got a man and a woman walking into uh, a clinical setting right that man walks in on october the third mm-hmm. october the fifth october the mm-hmm. 28th mm-hmm. his sort of neurochemistry is is similar that mm-hmm. might suggest you know given the same preparation and other things he would mm-hmm. have a similar time mm-hmm. Let's now take the female going into that situation. Her mm-hmm. neurochemistry is mm-hmm. going to be different at those three different time points. Well, mm-hmm. surely that's going to play into her mind set. What do we know is incredibly important in these mm-hmm. types of therapies? Set mm-hmm. and setting. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So wow. Sh- yeah. So should we not be considering that mm-hmm. as an important factor mm-hmm. or at least a point of considerable interest mm-hmm. in terms of developing clinical programs mm-hmm. when we're talking about treating women and women who mm-hmm. are still um, in uh, mm-hmm. uh, young enough to be, uh, to be going through the menstrual cycle? So so let me ask you, you know, it, it sort of brings up a whole a whole series of kind of thought process processes in my mind like you know i i might bring it to a flight taking flight looking at all the gauges you know and looking at your hormone levels at any particular point because if the if the hormone levels are fluctuating uh and you know like like a flight simulator you know you the not every flight is going to be you'd like to have at least some of the gauges being the same along a certain period of time you know again mood uh what time of the month it is you know all of that might be very different so you're 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 saying that for a man you know if you're 
gauges or if your hormone levels are fairly static from a period of time at the beginning of the month to the end of the month if you're taking a psychedelic chances are you know you're not going to be you know hyper or hypo that there there are a lot of things that might happen neurologically but you know the from a physiological viewpoint that's pretty stable yeah yeah. And and what I hear on the on the female side is that certainly based on the time of the month, based on your physiological, you know, hormones, different things that are happening within the body, the those being the stability, the container, the self-container, that depending upon the time of the month, taking a psychedelic could be very, very different for you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Comparatively, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, comparatively. Mm -hmm. um, I, I have sort of looked uh, at length and, and we at Hestelica have been doing uh, a lot to try and kind of review what is available and, and not just within the scientific literature, but, but within where, where I believe a lot of the knowledge is currently held within mm -hmm. the wider community of people who've been using these substances for, for a long time to try and really understand what that looks like um, mm -hmm. in practice. There are some communities yeah, yeah. That, who, that I imagine is going to be the is a, what are we measuring? You know, the question is, is what, what are you measuring? You know? Yes, absolutely, because it's very, very difficult because also every female is very di different right. in the way that they present in mm -hmm. terms of their hormonal profiles. And also mm -hmm. every month is slightly different. This is why we mm -hmm don't know very much about what women's cycles look like in terms of their interaction with almost all healthcare mm. because you know speaking speaking as someone who now you know work, works in in companies that that look at doing clinical trials and things mm -hmm. how on earth how on mm -hmm. earth <laughs> do you um mm -hmm. can, you know make a, a meaningful assessment of the females within your trial who you know may all be on a, at a different point mm -hmm. in a different scale of their cycle mm -hmm. um and all of those cycles might look very different so right. exactly how do we measure this i mm -hmm. think in the initial sense it's mm -hmm. going to have to be um in a slightly less than ideal broad brush approach kind mm -hmm. of saying you know okay let's say a cycle's about this long and we can cut it into you know mm -hmm. three or four different parts and then we'll right. look at outcomes from there mm -hmm. um well <laughs> but i think going forward we are we are coming into a world that has the um mm -hmm. technology that will that will help us out i think wearable tech and things like that mean that you can track people's cycles a hell of a lot better which means that we can then just sort of um mm -hmm. use use that data to, to understand how we would track how where people are in their cycle may affect um right. either their trip at the time or their outcome um right. in terms of efficacy for it as a, a clinical treatment well it's so interesting because you know there's so many other factors that really contribute to that right you know i know the 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 fact is is that when i go to the doctor and i get my blood pressure taken you know, I mean, I know that my blood pressure is going to be a lot higher than it would be if I took it at home. You know, so there is that there is that there is that quality of safety 
you know, that quality of, and that really is where we get into, you know, you, you have the mindset certainly, and that is determined by your physiology and your neurology and all of the things that you might do from a presencing viewpoint or an intention viewpoint. And then you've got the setting, which in a lot of cases can really contribute to what's going on in your body. You know, how is your heart racing or how is your physiology you know changing while you're literally sitting there waiting for the doctor to draw blood you know i mean <laughs> these things you know the cortisol levels are up something you know hormones are up you know you want to there's fight or flight you know there's a whole bunch of other things that could be happening so you're really looking to um you know measure this and i think you know all things other things being you know stable which is what you want i think in a scientific research environment you know the the conditions are the same you know from person to person and so on and so forth um it's very exciting to think about you know being able to go ahead and and give people a um give people a, a sort of a map you know give women a map which might be a different map than the men have you know in terms of their journey yeah well it's incredibly exciting yeah. and hopefully it's going to be you know somewhat in, engaging to be to be one of the um people standing up and and saying this needs to be done mm. we're, we're all very lucky to be here at the dawn of a new um medical era uh, particularly in the world of psychiatry in not only how we treat but how we understand mm -hmm what a lot of uh, the disorders that we're now looking to use psychedelics for look like you know it, it, psychedelics have rewritten the rule book on how we understand uh how underlying trauma mm -hmm. goes on to be a contributing factor to not just mental but but physical health problems mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but in that i also like to think that we can be at the start of saying well okay well, if we're going to be a whole new mm -hmm. sphere um for for medical health in terms of this what psychedelics can do well then we absolutely need to be making sure that we are doing it properly for women we've mm -hmm. had up until incredibly recently no requirement for women to be involved in clinical trials yeah, I I, I I I hear that women weren't really involved in clinical trials until maybe the '90s, which is yeah, you know, which was yeah. something, yeah, you know? mm -hmm. yeah, which is absolutely ridiculous. And mm -hmm. and then we see this sort of continuous treating of women mm -hmm. by um, you know the medical sphere as mm -hmm. though they are little men. Mm -hmm. Well, they're, well, they're not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, right, right. They're not. <laughs> They've actually got a whole other cyclical environment mm -hmm. going on inside them that right. is interacting with many other mm -hmm. major major functional parts of the body mm. um and because it's very difficult and very expensive to understand it mm -hmm. hasn't been done but that's mm. no reason now that it shouldn't be mm -hmm. we have the technology and we definitely have the appetite mm -hmm. for it mm. and in this mm. new world of psychedelics i think mm. it would be a dreadful dreadful shame if we were to do what all of the other medical world has done prior um, and not take women's biology seriously in the understanding and development of new treatments. Dr. Best Hopley, you are an inspiration. 
thank you for doing the work. I try. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, it's, it's, it's really great. Now, I know that you're doing some work with the Heroic Hearts Project and you're, you know, I'd like to talk about that. As you well know, I'm a healthcare ambassador with the Heroic Mm -hmm. Hearts Project and uh, doing, you know, they're just doing great work. And, you know, I'd like to see more of that work, honestly, being done in the U.S. or certainly onshore rather than having to take people offshore. I think the VHA should be covering you know, all of these, the cost for all of these, uh, you know, journeys, because it really is about mental health and wellness. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, looking at, you know, the Heroic Hearts Project and your support of veterans and mental uh, health challenges, what, 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 what are, what, what are you doing there? And what kind of challenges are vets dealing with, you know, personally or otherwise? Yeah, um, first of all, 100% agree with you. I what we what we have largely done at Heroic Hearts has has been to um, take veterans out to psychedelic retreats and these have all been of course legal in the jurisdictions for which they've been completed but that means that up until this point right now they have all been outside of uh, the US um, and so you are asking people who are are quite often in uh psychological distress to sort of write okay well you can get better but now you need to get on a plane and fly down and go into the jungle in peru before we can help you very pleased to tell you that obviously that is slowly edging forward and Mm -hmm. we should be having our first heroic hearts uh project retreat go ahead on u.s soil Mm. potentially by the end of this year Mm. Um, which will be a really big moment for us and hopefully a marker of many, many more mm-hmm. similar retreats to come uh, mm-hmm. on, on US soil. Mm-hmm. The charity itself, its primary aim, as I say, is, is to take military veterans through psychedelic retreat programs. You, you mentioned yourself, you're an ambassador of the program. One of the great things that we are able to do at, at Heroic Hearts is um, have these sort of ambassadors around us who are from the psychedelic space who support us but we also have some who kind of from come from within mm-hmm. they're veterans who have often been through the program themselves who then move into becoming ambassadors for the program or coaches to the program mm-hmm. or just alumni of the program and within that we create a community we create a support group mm-hmm. we create a network that heroic hearts um retreat attendees or alumni can can Mm -hmm. go to for advice or support Mm -hmm. which i believe is a really really fundamental part to helping these uh people to get better to improve the the community and the networking and the brother the brother and sisterhood right i mean you know isn't that beautiful um so my role is to essentially mm-hmm. wrap research programs around all of the operations that we do at Heroic Hearts mm-hmm. so that we can collect as much data as possible about our operations. Um, that not only sort of serves us in terms of letting us know, you know, are we doing a good job or not? Mm-hmm. Um, are we actually achieving the aims that we've set out here to help these people? And I'm very pleased to tell you, all of the research we've collected so far very much supports that we are. Mm-hmm. 
The second part is, of course, so that we can put out there, publish science that says, mm -hmm. hey, mm -hmm. this is working. This right. is not just working. This is working at, you know, an almost two, three times better mm -hmm. effect than the gold standard treatment that's available in terms of, a, you know, a six week right. CBT course or mm -hmm. similar right. and try and nudge, you know, push mm -hmm. the needle a bit on getting the legislators and the powers that be to see that that these mm -hmm. treatments are incredibly effective um, and incredibly effective particularly in this population mm -hmm. ptsd in in uh, combat veterans in military veterans is one of the hardest to treat it's quite mm -hmm. often very complex form of PTSD. Mm -hmm. It's quite often underpinned by childhood trauma. Mm -hmm. It's very often also underpinned by um, physical traumas, physical trauma to the head, mm -hmm. which primes the brain to develop psychological disorders. Mm -hmm. um, and as a result, mm -hmm. they really struggle right. to um, get good results out of what are the current treatments available. Yeah. And sometimes it takes something big, like a huge, you know, five gram psilocybin trip to, you know, right. get them to to engage, to break through a lot of that um, mm -hmm. very apathetic presentation. The SSRIs, the SSRIs numb people down. You know, the the trauma. Uh, you know, uh, being able to uh, go ahead and be in your body. Uh, being able to go ahead and have some effect, you know, uh, in terms of happiness, sadness, or whatever. I mean, those things for many people who are uh, uh, either suicidal ideation or, you know, treatment resistant depression or, you know, what have you. I mean, it's yeah. it's there. And, uh, you know, the work that is being done is, is fa fa fantastic. Just yeah. great. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Heroic Hearts Project is, is, is not alone that there's a number of other uh great institutions that have been focusing on military veterans within this sort of field of, of um psychedelic therapies and military veterans do really feel i mean i was um at the the conference in in denver in june at a, a banquet held for veterans and <laughs> there was just this incredible feel like it will be this population who potentially uh, makes the big breakthrough in terms of this becoming a mainstream treatment, this becoming acceptable, acceptable to um, conservative minds who perhaps wouldn't have listened otherwise. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So, so, yeah. So when you when you start taking a look at uh, the research and the work that you're doing along that line, we had talked about, you know, families and working uh, with, and I'm, I'm going back to, the uh, hysterica research that you're doing, mm -hmm. the work that you're doing with women, how does that apply and does it apply to some of the work that you're doing with the Heroic Hearts Project? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, well, the first one, I guess, is something I would like to start looking at um, more down the line, and that is the fact that um, Female uh, military veterans are twice as likely to suffer from PTSD as 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 their male counterparts. So there's definitely um, uh, a higher need amongst women women veterans, and also one that's slightly more specific. A lot of that PTSD is is um, often associated with sexual trauma, as opposed to um, combat trauma. So. 
that's something that um, I think is very interesting um, in 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 mm-hmm. terms of how we think of, of female PTSD. Mm-hmm. But a project that we're working on right now is um, in collaboration with the Hope Project, which is a, a wonderful charity that has been set up to support the spouses and partners of um, combat veterans mm-hmm. who have um, you know been killed or injured. And we are developing a program that will uh, research uh, the efficacy um, of putting them through similar psychedelic research, uh, psychedelic retreat programs. But -hmm. within that, we are looking more at things that we think will be more specific to that Mm -hmm. uh, particular cohort. And part of that is around things like um, sort of signs of... um, secondary PTSD um, mm. as a result of the sort of trauma of, of, mm-hmm. of uh, what has happened to their partner, mm-hmm. um, but also around the effects of sort of connectedness with the family unit mm-hmm. and how that is altered through going through the psychedelic retreat program. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be wonderful to be able to heal not only the individual, but to heal all of the people that they come in contact with? Because we do know uh, with vets, suicides are up, family crisis is up, you know, often it's complicated with, you know, alcohol uh, and, uh, you know, violence and, you know, things along that line, not only to self, but to others. And, you know, that's, uh, it's, uh, it's criminal that uh, we can't uh, have the VHA cover a lot of this and the research Mm. and the work that you're doing on the individual as well as the family is so 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 needed to go ahead and and then you know validate that so that the support is there so yeah absolutely and and to understand what psychedelic um therapies sort of look like in in the family setting um Mm -hmm. in terms of how it, it it can affect um multiple members of of a of a family Mm-hmm. Um, and and how it how it kind of basically how it's it's very good to sort of acknowledge that that um, that trauma and that stress that is genuinely felt by spouses and partners of mm-hmm. of military veterans and to understand how that trauma can be passed from the veteran to their partner um, right. Right. and understand. Mm-hmm. how again psychedelics could be could be used as, as a, um, yeah. a tool to deal with that and you know many i, I mean trauma has become sort of like uh you know the love word you know it's it's kind of like i love i love chocolate or i love this yeah. or you know people talk about trauma oh i had a traumatic childhood mm-hmm. you know uh but you know and i i talk to people about you know explicit implicit trauma and that it's invisible and you know you don't it, it can be passed along from it's intergenerational you know there are uh, mm-hmm. ways of you know passing it from one generation to the other mm-hmm. and you know i'm 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 really it's it's like one of those things that it, we we are born into it you know we're born into a world of trauma and yet you know we don't necessarily stop the craziness you know there's so do you see uh in terms of you know looking at psychedelics and you know looking at the use of them as we go forward do you see um sort of a new frontier ahead being in the medical field and you know the research area 
Uh, like, what's your, what do you see ahead of us? Uh, I know you're in the UK, so mm-hmm. it's okay. I, I also heard that laughing gas was just made illegal in the UK. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. <laughs> uh, yeah, that happened a couple of years ago. There's, yeah, so, some, there's some good evidence that stuff's not that good for you. <laughs> well, well, okay, I'm, I'm good for that, and, and I, I am for wisdom medicines, medicines that help promote wisdom and mm-hmm. consciousness, not for the other stuff that sort of takes you into the loony bin. You know? Oh, absolutely, and and that idea of expanding with wisdom and consciousness, uh, you know, I I I think psychedelics are, are merely a catalyst. Mm-hmm. in 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 that regard there's many ways one can can do that mm-hmm. um when we talk about sort of trauma and and understanding trauma and how um it sort of gets stored in the body and and how it remains with us you know it it, it is stored within our subconscious mind in many ways uh within that sort of story we tell ourselves about ourselves and then that mm-hmm. in becomes an interplay with everything we then go forward in our lives and do and and that's why i i personally see psychedelics um and breath work and yoga and long walks and running marathons and all of these other things they're all just ways that we can go in speak to the subconscious tell it it's safe tell it that that traumatic stressor etc etc actually isn't what we have coded it as in our brain mm-hmm. um and that's how i see uh, the the therapy of of, mm-hmm. of psychedelic um therapies mm-hmm. uh being being incredibly useful in that in that trauma piece mm-hmm. in terms of how do i see this going forward how do i see this sort of developing and blossoming and becoming yeah. um you know the research the, the, the clinical the use the you know just in general what's your view yeah i ge- i genuinely believe that we will go past the idea of psychedelics being this breakthrough for mental health treatment mm-hmm. and start seeing psychedelics as a breakthrough for health mm-hmm. treatment mm-hmm. and the reason being that the majority of uh, you know if you if you look at people with cardiovascular diseases and autoimmune disorders mm-hmm. um you know one of the high you know they they all have really really high associations with traumas a mm. lot of autoimmune diseases are for instance very highly presented in in um women much mm-hmm. more than in men um and a lot of them are flared up as a result of um e- external stresses in our environments mm. that mm-hmm. are nothing to do with how your um you know your gut is is reacting to what you've just eaten mm. actually your gut is feels really bad because you've just got that email from your boss and now you're feeling mm. really unsafe mm-hmm. and that's why you're now doubled over with a stomach cramp you know mm-hmm. because you've changed the way that your brain is perceiving mm-hmm. your safety mm. and that unsafe feeling that then starts to get fed into the body in terms of our immune system in mm-hmm. terms of our uh cardiovascular system in terms of everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so if we can learn how we can tell the body mm-hmm. you're safe you're fine then we're going to mm-hmm. see a huge reduction mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. all of these physical health problems mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think there's further also great evidence going on with psychedelics and this is one of the things that we've 
made a real priority in terms of one of our research aims at the Heroic Hearts Project is traumatic brain injuries. Mm. There's really good evidence coming out now, you know, beyond the you know psychomimetic effects of psychedelics, uh, you know, the, and the transient experience and all of that. Right. You know, let's just come down to the sort of cellular biology of it. The alterations that we see in terms of reducing... you're talking you're talking about like neurogenesis, the ability to absolutely really increase neuroplasticity, increase mm -hmm. neurogenesis, reducing mm -hmm. neuroinflammation. Mm. These are all pathways mm -hmm. that you know the absolute opposite looks like diseases mm. to, that that come about as a result of head traumas, mm -hmm. that come about as a result of neurodegenerative disorders. Mm -hmm. I think there are there's going to be breakthroughs in the next few years where psychedelics can mm -hmm. be applied to mm. those such things, which I think will be mm -hmm. incredible. Um, yeah, and that's what I hope. I oh, also think, cool. obviously, yeah. there's a mm -hmm. lot of aspects of, of female health where there are areas um, that are not very well understood in terms of what these disorders are in women. Um, a lot of sort of premenstrual disorders, for instance, are not very well understood. And we're now seeing that psychedelics could be very good tools to deal with um, things like endometriosis, um, mm -hmm. premenstrual depressive disorders, mm. um, mm -hmm. and similar things to that. Wow, wow. So the opportunity to really, um, you know, uh, take your hands off the wheel, move away from the vehicle, take a look at what is going on in your life. Um, I talk about in mindfulness, I talk about the ability with mindfulness and breathing and just to be able to regulate yourself to move into the window of tolerance to get that recognition you know your stimulus you get the stimulus you get a response so what mindfulness does is it gives you that little buffer to you know look at the stimulus have the recognition and then make a different choice and i and everything that i hear you talking about certainly certainly in terms of mind body you know the interconnectedness and the ability to from a physiological or biological or neurological viewpoint really points to more wisdom and and better health so mm. yeah yeah you, you just reminded me keith there of um an old favorite phrase of mine you know mm -hmm. between a stimulus and a response is a space and in that space is your choice to choose Absolutely. your choice to choose mindfulness perhaps absolutely yeah make a different choice and if you change yeah. it and if you change your your choices then you change the story and the trajectory of your life and the impact that you have on all the people so wouldn't it be absolutely. nice to make different choices you know yeah yeah absolutely so, but in mindfulness i think sometimes we kind of say it oh mindfulness it's you know it's a bit of a sort of yeah word that, yeah, yeah that we kind yeah. of think doesn't really mean anything but yeah. You know, you're you. If you take a moment mm -hmm. to breathe, to stop, mm -hmm. to really breathe and connect, your physiology changes. Right. You know, <laughs> you know right. that your the um, hormones being sent around your body change. You know, the way that your blood is being pumped around your body changes. The way that your brain is working changes. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not just a bit of a, a wishy-washy thing. You can make incredibly meaningful change in the way that you feel right now by stopping and taking five deep breaths right so i i would invite everyone to do that uh right now any everyone who's listening uh certainly you can take five deep breaths 
you know, maybe a, a count of a four and a four and a four and just, you know, just like relax and chill a little bit. You need to, do, we all need to do that, right? So absolutely. <laughs> so let me let me ask you, uh, doc, Dr. Grace Blessed Hopley, uh, you're a neuro, neuroscientist and you've done uh, some research. How would people get a hold of some of the research that you've done and maybe get a maybe maybe find out, you know, uh, some of the work that you're doing uh, with the Histelica project? Yeah. So um, Histelica is uh, we please find us on. Uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, otherwise visit our website. Mm -hmm. We will be launching our survey, um, which is for um, understanding what the effects of large dose psychedelics may do mm -hmm. to um, women. That's open to uh, women or, or of, of all ages who have ever taken a large psychedelic dose. So please visit our website um, and take part in that survey if that applies to you. Heroic Hearts Project, um, we are all over social media, um, generally appearing at any decent psychedelic conference <laughs> near, near you. Um, and you can contact us via our website site and make any kind kind donations via there if you should so will i myself i'm not hugely available <laughs> online i'm far too busy doing meaningful uh, science for any of that but if you really do want to find me please do add me on linkedin i always love chatting with people who um come to me with interesting ideas um about the psychedelic space um, and what can be done there. So I look Excellent. forward to hearing from any of you. Excellent. Well, thank you very much uh, for being a part of the Mindfulness Experience podcast and for taking the time. I look forward to seeing you and meeting you at the Wonderland 2023 Miami Convention. Yes, that's a lot. If you really, really want to see me, you should come to Wonderland the 11th of November and see me on a panel on women's health and psychedelics where I'll be saying much much more than I uh, have had time to on this podcast and going hopefully a lot deeper into a subject that is fascinating me at the moment. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Grace Blessed Hopley, for joining us today and sharing your insights on the exciting field of psychedelic research. As always, we appreciate our listeners listening to the Mindfulness Experience podcast. Don't forget to register for the Wonderland Miami 2023 conference using our exclusive discount code MINDFULNESS20 and follow us on social media for more updates and news in mindfulness and mental health. Until next time, stay mindful.